Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hi, Gaia. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm just laughing because this is the first time we share Zoom together. Usually we're partying and jerking and telling people that we are just friends. We are not hooking up. We're not fucking. We're just friends. We're just lesbros. Lesbros who like the same type of girls, but we don't yeah, fight. And music. <laughs> we are just we're, together shaking our ass. Yes, literally just together sharing the same space, not romantically, y'all. We're single. Single as fuck, let me make it clear. We're going to get t-shirts with each other's faces on them that say we're not dating each other. Green light. Anyway, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yeah, so I'm Gaia. I am an immigrant in LA and I'm single. And I am more like Gigi in the L word. I have my shit together, but kind of a little crazy. Yes, we're here for that. Good kind of crazy, but your credit score is also popping. So what's not to love? Hell yeah. <laughs> the one of the main thing crazy about me is my credit score. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you and I met in like 2019 at Awkward Girl, which was a queer pool party in Miami Beach. We just found each other through the twerking of it all. And since then we've we've traveled to lots of different queer pool parties like Dinah Shore. So that's how we met. But I wanted to have you on to talk about your your story because both of us are queer immigrants in LA. It's Pride Month still. Um, we're recording this on Juneteenth too. So all the things, but could you go ahead and talk to us about your immigrant story? Where are you from? All that good stuff. So I am from originally born and raised in Sri Lanka, most of my early stages in life. And then I moved to Seashells Islands, probably in my, when I was eight years old or nine with my dad. So Going up in Sri Lanka and then after seashells, I went back to my own country and I came back to the United States on my own. So where do you want me to start um, on about uh, Sri Lanka, Charlie? Just walk us through, paint a picture for us about Sri Lanka, like Seychelles. I'd never met anybody from either of those places until I talked to you. So what was life like growing up for you there, the good and the bad? Because America has good and bad things and we're all about sharing it all. Yes. So Sri Lanka is such a beautiful country, but um, down here, a lot of people ask, is it India? But it's not. We have our own culture. We have our own food. It's an Islander style culture. So we are more chill vibe. However, Sri Lanka back in the days, uh, the reason I moved, my parents moved to Seychelles is Sri Lanka is a very 
we had terrorism going on there. We had war going on. Um, I grew up pretty, 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 you know, not well off like Americans here. We didn't have, I would say I grew up pretty poor. Um, so we didn't have running water to the houses. We didn't have electricity. I studied. I remember early stages in my life, we had, you know, those lamps, we had to put kerosene and pump it and, you know, light it up and me and my sisters would study. And then came, you know, like the battery that we just put have one battery light in our living room. So uh, as far as water, wash using the restroom, those are far away things. And then we had to shower with the, you know, going to the well, you had to go get running water from far away. This is like a life of a village girl in Sri Lanka. So I didn't speak any English or not back then. I hated school. Uh, <laughs> I technically ran out saying, um, I need to go to the restroom and I just go home. <laughs> I hated school in Sri Lanka because it's so competitive. So um, it was rough. And then the terrorism in Sri Lanka, that's why my parents decided to try and, they're both teachers. So they got teaching jobs in islands of seashells. So we moved to seashells probably uh, when I was six or eight years old. Seychelles is a wonderful, beautiful island. Everyone is so friendly. There is no war going on. The beaches are like beautiful. So it gave me, I think, peace of mind. And the education system was really, really not competitive like Sri Lanka. And I actually blossomed. Like my dad taught me the first like they speak Creole there and French and English as a subject. So I technically picked up history and geography the first thing because it interested me. My dad is a history geography teacher. My mom is a science teacher. Um, and I grew up there till I was 16. Then I went back to Sri Lanka um, to, because in Seychelles, they don't have kind of higher education. So my parents wanted to see how it is. So I was culture shock in my own country. At the same time, there was a lot of terrorism going on. I did attend one year in school in Sri Lanka. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't like it as much as I was studying in Seychelles. So I started working. And at this time we had terrorism, like where you would go take the bus there's bombs going off. There is a civil war back in, I, this was 1990s. And there was a civil war going on in Sri Lanka where um, it was very dangerous to live. So I decided at that time, this is not the place I really wanna be. Um, there was one time I was working for someone and I almost, almost, almost died in a bomb attack for my luck. Yeah, that I, was crazy I, when you told me that story. <laughs> yeah. The guy, the, the, the director, the architect was, I was just doing like little work for him, like picking up his blueprints. I was running around in tuk-tuks because, you know, and then I will save the money. He'll give me money for the tuk-tuks, but then I'll save it and I'll walk or take the bus. <laughs> this is how you learn to save money. Um, and um, he said, wait, wait please don't go wait, hold on. So I was waiting. And then 
and said, okay, now you can go. And he gave me the money. Halfway through my ride of the tuk-tuk, uh, I hear this huge blast going off and people are running, people like all the traffic. And I, could, I couldn't hear for the minute because it was so yeah. loud. And the, luckily, the tuk-tuk guy came and turned around and, you know, you know, took us back. And then we, we didn't have radios that well back then, TVs. So we didn't know what was going on. So that was kind of my life. But the good thing about Sri Lanka is that they have such a, now the war is over. You know, if you want me to continue, like the war is over, the country is open to, you know, people, tourists. It is still for our community, it is still a crime to be gay in that country. So we are fighting for the, it's called the 365, uh, and it's a crime to be gay or, you know, but they won't arrest you or whatever. But however, there are like trans women, trans men, they, they get arrested more than lesbian community or bisexual or gay men also get arrested. So the Colombo, there's some, community LGBTQI communities that you know fighting for the lifting of the the rule so that's basically kind of where my life started and back then we don't I wasn't like I didn't know anything about being gay or being queer or being bisexual or nothing we only know straight so that's kind of do you have any other questions for me like from my yeah and I just want to say like a lot of people think that these countries are so backward where it's illegal to be gay but it's because like the British people colonize these places and they're the old like white man rules that were like being gay is bad and that's mm -hmm. where these rules come from so the rules back in the days was we had no rules we had no rules for marriage we had no rules for you know everybody lived together and it was first colonized by Dutch then Portuguese and then British and when the British came, they are the one who implement these laws. And back then, I am pretty sure nobody cares who slept with who. <laughs> and the British, it's a party. It's a party. <laughs> like honestly, my grandma and my grandpa, I don't think they were legally married, but still, the British were there when they were there. So that generation kind of, um, honestly still the british is the one they are they have legalized the gay rights movement but we haven't we're still back in whenever so good thing about sri lanka is they have beautiful beaches the food is the best fantastic food we are ma mainly buddhism but we have hindu we have christianity we have um yeah those muslim hindu buddhist are the main cultures and you will see different parts of the country where one side is just ocean people are really friendly going back to seashells seashell people are honestly the one of the best people i met back in the days when i grew up like they are very friendly easy going uh sri lanka is a little bit culturally like they still have arranged marriages things like that but the community has advanced a lot in technology the new generation is much re reluctant to those things 
Yeah, we were joking around about how like, oh, people growing up had allowances, this and that. What did you say when you found out about what allowance? So, so freaking America, everything is a freaking allowance, right? <laughs> so we have to wash pots. We had to wash dishes. We have to, I had to wash the toilet. You know, like we don't get no damn allowances in Sri Lanka. Like, no, this is how we live our life. Here you have to earn something, you know, kids these days, or when I came here, I was like, whoa, if you wash or clean or something, you, you get allowances? What? I didn't understand that concept. Obviously, no wonder, like, <laughs> they don't know how to <laughs> save. <laughs> yeah, because they're rewarded for everything. You're like, fuck your damn allowance, clean the toilet. <laughs> allows you just do it you know yeah same with my parents they were like you're lucky you have a house that you're in and get food like what picky eater no that's not a thing you either eat or don't eat I think that's the difference Charlie between growing up in another country of course I'm I'm always up for picking up good things about different cultures like we were born and raised like to learn hard life you know like we don't get allowances. We don't get like, I, I remember I only had one pair of shoes to go to school. You know, even that my, my house is so far away. There was so much mud during the rain. I had to come like barefooted, come to the street, find a water tap or whatever there, wash it or go to someone else as well, put the damn shoes on and go to school. You know, those, those kind of life experience, child, you will no more too like we learn how to be happy with certain things we have in life yeah we appreciate a lot of things like I'm thinking of when I was undocumented at age three until 14 I couldn't leave America and people are like how do you travel so much how do you not get tired and it's like because I know what it's like not to be able to travel I know what it's like to feel trapped somewhere and as soon as I got that sense of liberation I've been to 34 countries. I travel the world because life is, is temporary. Like same with being queer. I think I've so myself because for 18 years, I wasn't myself. I wasn't allowed to be myself. Both of us came out like later in life. I came out when I was like 18, mm -hmm. you were like 26, right? Or I was 25, 26 yeah. when I realized certain things because growing up in seashells was fantastic. That's where kind of Charlie, I learned that money is something I can actually earn. You know, I'm going back to, you know, how we don't just get things. We, my parents would love to give us things, but they didn't have money to do that. So I remember in seashells, the seashell people uh, would leave those um, bottles, beer bottles in, in the beach. They just drink and they just toss it. I remember going around beaches, collecting those bottles and I will return to recycling. Uh, they have it recycling, but to a shop and they give you money. That's how I like learn to, you know, oh, my parents just don't give me money. Like I'm going to do something at, you know, I'm not going to use this money to do drugs and things like that. No, this is for me to buy shoes or whatever, books or something. But my parents will provide like uniform things, but in addition, like if I need something. 
So what, what made you decide to come to, to LA? Because LA was not your first stop, right? Hell no. What uh. was I thinking? <laughs> I didn't know anything about America. So when I went back to Sri Lanka and there was a war, there was all these bombs going off. I was working for two research students at the same time. I wanted to really, really go abroad to study medicine. So I was working at my first job in Sri Lanka was at KFC. Can you imagine? We had a KFC. Mine was McDonald's. Yeah. Wow. You probably felt so modern. Yeah. Colonel Sanders like, is out here. Uh, making it from scratch the hard way. I was way. like, America, it's big. <laughs> it's big. Let me go to America. <laughs> but no, my first, my, uh, my first two, my, my first thought was to go to Sweden but guess what they didn't freaking want me wonder why I wonder why and I'm kind of glad I didn't go to Sweden because it's cold and dark there I can't I can't Mm -hmm. I would have been so depressed I mean I would have been the cold and me are not friends so anyways, I didn't know anything about United States, except my mom used to say certain things. And I used to watch Beverly Hills 90210 or whatever that show. And I just like fascinated about how the life was outside of, because everybody talked in Sri Lanka, oh, don't go to America. They have all these diseases. You know, you, you don't know, you're like a little person from a different country. But I, when I was, during the whole terrorism stuff, I was going to the American consulate to learn about United States. And there was books and there was, I did all this on my own. I, there was books about American colleges, universities. And I was fascinated about learning English properly. Yes, I was able to speak a little bit, write a little bit from seashells. Uh, So then I started writing to these universities and then I didn't think, how can I afford college? Apparently it's expensive in America. And I got into this university in Indiana. What the hell was I thinking? (laughs) You didn't know better, okay? You just had your KFC. You were like, I got the chicken tenders. I want more of this. Indiana, sure. America's the same thing everywhere, right? Indiana, they're the same thing. They are, they are, yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck was I doing? So I went to Indiana. It's called the University of Evansville. <laughs> I'm what, laughing because what? I've also lived in Indiana, y'all. I spent a whole year being a stockbroker in Indianapolis. So yeah. And we survived. We survived. We survived. <laughs> Never again. I went to uh, Indiana because uh, I wrote to the university and they gave me like a partial scholarship. However, I didn't know Evansville University in Indiana is one of the most expensive. It's like USC in United, in LA. So <laughs> I got there, I got out of the, I mean, I, I will tell you all my uh, visa process was crazy. I had to stand in line at 3 a.m. Uh, you know, it was a huge, huge step for me being so young. And I think I was 20. I did all my visa stuff alone. My cousin, my 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 cousin helped me to take me to their uh, visa embassy twice. First, they didn't want to give me the visa, and I said, "Fuck you all! I'm going to Sweden." <laughs> oh my god! 
you don't want me like i don't give a shit i'm going somewhere else <laughs> second day the um, uh, the consulate was so nice he asked me about you know seashells and i'm like i answered and he's like what do you want to do in the united states i'm like well i want to study psychology and well i couldn't study medicine because it's so fucking expensive so i had to change my thoughts but psychology also always interested me so i applied uh, i as an international student we have to show money like that you can afford united states well i have no idea why the us university accepted me because i think they miss misinterpreted my mom's bank statement which is in rupees to us dollars you got a billion dollars up in that bitch yes they're like okay. she's a fucking millionaire <laughs> like they accepted me i was like fuck they accepted me what the fuck and the embassy you really need to show actual money so i was like wait she has no us dollars <laughs> there you go that's the hack y'all so then i had a, my mom's friend of a friend who showed that she's you know really you know kind of like will sponsor me but technically she's not going to give me money so i got the visa showing that she will but when i went to you know, indiana i was culture shock honestly i was imagining the beverly hills 90210 in my head fucking india there is nothing there and everybody's staring at me <laughs> you gave them too much melanin you're like what is this it's just corn and porn shops along the highway no and not even KFC. porn shop dude there is KFCs. <laughs> and i couldn't work there because i was an international oh, student yes i cannot work outside the us i mean outside of the campus you're like, I was employee of the month in Sri Lanka. Let me have a job here. I know how to fry that chicken better than all y'all. And it's just dry land, like flat land. Yep. yep. And I only survived there five months. When the winter came, I ran. Yeah. That's brutal. And the people, uh, the university was nice. The, there was a culture dorm room where international students and uh, Americans mixed together. I had a great time. I met a lot of people from different countries. They didn't speak English. We were working all working on our English, and we were also mixing with the American culture so they can learn about other countries. So it was called the International uh, Dome. It was fun, but I had no money to survive in that university. So I had to do something. So I actually remember my mom said that she has a friend in LA I made a collect call <laughs> I still remember I didn't know how to dial and I'm like there's a, there's a charge I'm like I'm doing collect so she accepted my call and she actually told me what are you doing in Indiana exactly even your mom was like why though <laughs> what the i was crying to my mom every day i don't know i don't i can't the food sucks here <laughs> it's just fucking dry and i was like not and the winter came i had no winter clothes so this lady said why don't you apply to community colleges in la and i was like oh i was told that LA is very expensive. It is. It is expensive. So 
I actually applied to Pierce College and they accepted me and I took a one-way flight, thank God, from Indiana. Best one-way flight ever. Best one, straight direct. <laughs> <laughs> no turning back. Nope, what? <laughs> and I moved to LA and I really love the culture here. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I haven't realized that I was anything. I didn't have time to realize because back in the days, there were, the LGBT rights were not even up and running. We didn't legalize gay marriages back then. It was 2015, I think, United States did that. So I moved to LA and I really love the culture here. It's just like a melting pot of immigrants, you know? Yes, there is, you know, there is underneath certain things, but it wasn't like, I felt like I'm home away from home. There was different types of food, different types of people. Nobody cared about my skin color, you know, nobody. Um, and then I, started going to the community college and I worked my ass. I'm going to tell you like United States parents pay for their school. I'm like, where, why would you do that? If you're 18, you can work, you can earn, you can work on your credit. This is when I learned what credit score is, Charlie. I mean, you and I both know, somebody told me if you need to buy a car, anything you have to work on your credit and charlie always laughs laugh about this this is when i first got my discover card. <laughs> discover card i can't i can't we always laugh because guys like did they take discover i'm like i don't know i'm out here with my chase sapphire reserve and my mx blue cash getting my six percent <laughs> but we laugh we laugh this guy also has a condo, okay? I don't have a condo. I'm paying rent. So who's laughing now? Okay. She can have her have a townhouse. Card. I improved to a townhouse, okay? So oh, this excuse is me. <laughs> so this is how uh, I learned about credit score. Try to, try to build your credit through Discover Card. And then... <laughs> Because back in the days, I don't think Chase Affair, whatever that shit existed. <laughs> I mean, it was American, some bank or something like that. And then it became Washington Mutual and then Chase took over. So <laughs> I'm here still with my fucking Discover card <laughs> with points. Hey, they give points, okay? They do, they do. I'd recommend, yeah, Discover, I recommend that for like a, a card where you're not tempted, overly tempted by the, the perks and everything. Like Discover is a good card if you want to establish and build your credit because you get that the, the low cash back to build your credit up. They're not giving you hella points or whatever, but if you want to start from somewhere, I actually do recommend the Discover card. And because they're the, they're the first one who would give, I think my credit, they, they were the first one for giving out students credit card, like 500 was my credit limit back then. Which so, is fine. That's, you got to start somewhere. 500 doesn't sound like a lot, but that can grow. You can call and increase it to a thousand and then 5,000. I've called multiple times to increase my, my credit limit, not to spend more, but to improve my credit score. So yeah. 
So the credit card got me through my community college because what I would do is I would pay international fees through my credit card. I will work through the summer, pay it off. You know, I would pay the minimum or a little bit more. This is somebody told me, don't ever mess up your credit. If you want to be a millionaire, you win the lotto. But we are middle-class people. Like I am always taught to say to other people, I work hard, you know, to make my living, make my education, uh, build my what I have. You know, I wouldn't say I think our community, you know, lack like education in how to save money, how to invest. I'm so happy Charlie's doing this because we need to push more back. You know, people always say like men make more money than women. I'm not trying to discriminate sexy, sex, sex, sex and gender. Gender. But gender. <laughs> sexy. Sexy gender. <laughs> and gender but it's true though. Men make more money than women. So as a community, we don't, I don't care if you're, you know, trans, binary, non-binary, as human, you have to work on your credit and how to save and how to establish investment in life. So if I came here, I came here to the United States with two suitcases, just basic clothes, no winter clothes. And if I survived that, and learn how to save and buy a condo, sell it, then rent, and then buy a townhouse, anyone can do it. It's all ab always all about wants and needs. It's simple, right? Wants and needs, that's where it went into my head. Do you want to go to school? Yes. Do you need to go to school? No, but it's a good thing if you go to school. Uh, so my wants and needs I categorize need is a food you need food um, same way when you're spending money I always think do I need this do I want this so I have to prioritize traveling is a need in my life so I save for those do I need to buy expensive iPhones shit I don't even have like my iPhone is like was so old it broke down and insurance I didn't even know I had insurance so things like <laughs> that's, that's too I didn't know how well I was protecting myself <laughs> I had no idea dude like so basically uh discover card got me through school how I did it was paid off and then that built my credit Right. And I started, you know, saving for next semester. So all throughout my bachelor's, my associate degree, I used my Discover card and I paid it off and it got me credit score like up to like 600, 700 back in the day. And then once I finished my bachelor's, I worked for a year because as an international student, we get like a work permit to work full time. And I was about to like migrate to Australia or Canada, but I got lucky with some organization wanted to, you know, actually, they actually liked me. <laughs> of course. 
charmed their socks off with your dimple. You have one dimple, right? I or think two. so. Oh, yeah. you, you have two. No, you have two. I okay. Have two. Yeah, you have two. Also, I see right? one. Yes. Oh, heck yeah. They're like <laughs> craters on my face. <laughs> Is this why people think we're together? <laughs> Because we are happy. Oh my God. Happy. That's what it is. I we're not toxic it. together. We're not toxic. So we must I be fucking. <laughs> it's the other way around if you're fucking. <laughs> right. Anyway, I just got distracted there. Okay, go back to your youthful LA glow. Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, you asked me how I got to LA. That's how I got to LA, Charlie. And what makes me love LA is like a couple of moving fast forwarding life um, you know LGBT community has grown really big and recognized and you have traveled to more than more countries than I have I have traveled to maybe 17 18 countries I think LA is the most open welcoming place for our community this is why I am always, I miss when I go travel. I mean, I love every other country I visited. When I come, I go to West Hollywood. It's like every day is pride there. Yeah, I went there two years ago for the first time and I was like, where has this been? Why has it taken me so long to get here? Because it does feel like pride. I missed out on LA Pride this year because I went to the summit in Puerto Rico where I shook my ass on stage and, and talked to people about investing. But I, it was nice to be like, oh, it's okay for me to miss LA Pride. There's always WeHo. Yeah. And our community, I see a lot of, uh, I mean, dating is rough here. You know, me, know, I know, but also we run away from toxic people. Right. And mm -hmm. one of my things in my life is like, if you are having goals like investing or education or anything like that, that's a good thing. But one of the things I don't see in our communities where people buying Maybe I'm, I haven't met, I have advised a lot of my friends in my community, like, this is how you save, you know, wants and needs, and always build your credit, don't buy on unnecessary things, you know, do you need a fancy jacket? No, use the same jacket you have if it's doing the purpose. People just go and buy, tech, you know, like, what is it in the kitchen? Oh. I'll tell you this microwave, microwave. When I was fixing my house that I bought in LA, I was in Ventura County. I sold that. I rented <clears throat> my friend. <laughs> she I said, I need to buy, I need to buy a microwave for my new kitchen. So my friend said, Gaia, there's this new microwave that talks to on the app. I was like, what the fuck? The microwave talks or the talks? microwave that talks to you. I guess it's the other way. You talk to the microwave and it's oh, a by itself. You tell it what to do. Okay. I was like, we don't need that shit. I don't need that shit. I can just press the button. Like, and then <laughs> send me that stupid thing. And I was like, it's $500. Yeah. I was like, you know, do I want this or is this a need? You know, it's, it's, need is a microwave. So I went to Home Depot. I bought a microwave for $250, which is on sale. And it doesn't talk to me or I can't talk back to it. <laughs> you can't argue, you can get toxic with the microwave. Uh, I can't get toxic. The point, then. 
So just heats I, up your food. That's it. What? Yeah. Isn't that what it is for? Shit. <laughs> like I so, just want to buy a watch that's just a watch, but I only see like electronic watches. I'm like, I don't want another screen in my face. I just want a watch that tells time. <laughs> I'm gonna take you. It's I bought mine. You see mine. It doesn't have any reading or electronic shit. So practical. Yes. It's so practical. You just need to know the time. You don't need expensive stuff to live. Also, also. When you're buying stuff, think about the environment, you know, you're putting stuff on the planet Earth. So I am always conscious, is it going to benefit me? So that $250, her microwave was $500. Mine was $250. I mean, it both works. I saved $250. And guess what? I invested that in my travel card. So I used that $250 example. This is just an example. I put it savings to travel on my next journey. So things like that, build your credit. And also one of the things I really, really encourage our community is education. I don't know how, how many people think that it's so easy to make a living. Just, I don't know, maybe I am in the wrong industry, but like these days people want to make quick money, you know? It's not like that. You really have to work hard for your goal, what you want to do in life. Um, we can't just like, hey, I'm going to be famous in two seconds and make million dollars. Yeah, I there's think a lot of instant gratification. What we saw with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. When I started my business, people were asking me if I talked about Bitcoin and crypto. And I said, no, I'm in it for the long haul. I help you with your mindset so you can understand the system and your money will grow for you over the long term. I'm not into like that quick, fast, easy money shit because it might work out for you one day and then you might lose everything the next day, which is exactly what happened with most people with the crypto. So, yeah, I agree with you, Charlie, because example, like when I met you, like where did we meet in Miami, right? Shaking our ass. And I think one of the things that really attracted not attracted to uh, your personality was as a friend is your outgoing personality like you're so like smiling and things like that I'm the same way like people were asking are we what are we on like uh, yeah they think we're like on drugs and then we saw somebody use cocaine and we were like what is that is it heroin because it's in a spoon and they were like it's cocaine and we were like oh we're good oh. with the gray goose and the tequila. <laughs> goose and tequila. <laughs> and another thing, another thing, a lot of our community is like, you need to be high to have a good time. Absolutely not. Just be yourself, be comfortable who you are, do whatever you want. And another thing we I find in our community is people put you down. Meaning. I don't know. Uh, I thought it's just our Sri Lankan culture where you don't want to be standing up doing good. But I think sometime in our community, LGBTQI community, sometimes people kind of like don't like to see you grow. So take toxic people out, attract beautiful people who are high on life, not on drugs. Don't get close to those things because when I came as an immigrant, I didn't have a chance to, you know, do these things because I was busy working, studying, building my credit, paying my Discover card off. 
God. And it worked and it paid off. And now you have a, a townhouse, which you inspired me to start looking into property ownership, which is not something a year ago that I thought I would do. But before I left America in October of last year, I talked with you about it. Just see if you can apply to a mortgage. So thanks to your help normalizing property ownership for me, I decided to apply for a mortgage just to see how much I would qualify for. And I only qualified for a $120,000 mortgage because I invest my money so heavily back into my business, but I'm proud of myself for just applying, just seeing. And I wasn't like freaking out that my credit score was dinged because my credit score is like 799 right now, 800. It fluctuates between 792 and 800, but my credit score is popping. So it wasn't about, oh, it dinging my credit score in that scarcity. It was just about allowing myself to start exploring other investment options. And now I know that I'll need to save more money, pay myself more, allow myself to hold more money in order to qualify for a mortgage or look into first-time home buyer programs and other possibilities too. So can you talk about what it, how important it is for you to invest in real estate? Because that's also not something I see a lot of us in our community normalize. Correct. Correct. A lot of people think, you know, instant gratification because America is about instant. Like I want this now. So let's talk about investing for future. I was doing my master's. I think it was 2008. I was, I joined this group called women first time home buyers. They taught me to put it down $50, $25 on a saving separately. And think it's not existing. Open a different account from your everyday spending. Put it away, $25, $10, whatever you have, put it away. Don't think it's accessible. Sometimes CD accounts are good. Sometimes minimum balances are good because you have to keep a minimum balance. Otherwise you get charged, right? I think I were open a Wells Fargo account was like, I don't even like Wells Fargo, but whatever. I'm not gonna... Get out of there. <laughs> Get the fuck out of Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and into Ally. How you'll save his account. Fuck Wells Fargo. They're not sponsoring <laughs> me either. <laughs> this is back in the days. We didn't have all this fancy stuff, right? Yeah. So I opened Wells Fargo and I started putting money away and I went attended a <clears throat> conference, first time home buyer. This is 2008 when the market was a shit show. So I would advise any of our community, anyone, anytime is not a, anytime is a good time to invest and anytime is a good time to buy property. People wait for, oh, the interest rate, this shit, that shit. I didn't know I was going to buy anything back when I started. And lucky for me, it was a shit show back in 2008. What I did a mistake was, I was too picky because I was scared. I was just my first time. I was looking for homes that are like minimum fixing. So I missed out on a lot of houses in San Fernando Valley. I kept saying no to my agent. I was like, fuck this. This has like, whatever. I need to replace the floors. Like, so I started saving and then they ran my credit. And then I got a pre-approval. What's called a pre-approval is needed. You go to a bank, you show you, you have to have a steady income. So basically you, whatever you do, investment, you are doing consultant, you just need to show your tax 
tax W-2 or whatever, that you have a steady income to qualify for a loan. So for a year, for a six months, I mean, this is the most important. Investing in properties are like investing in yourself, 401k, CalPERS, because you never know. So I actually was, I started saving two years before 2008. And when the, cra- the market crashed, I had, I think, 30,000 saved on my Wells Fargo. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, I hate them. That's why we're laughing. <laughs> Y'all know not to talk to me about Wells Fargo, but I talk about them every day. Because <laughs> some people, it's still there. <laughs> it's the, it, it, it helped me, Charlie, because they had a high, high monthly payment if I go below that minimum. So it helped me not to touch it. <laughs> oh, because they were assholes, because they were such assholes. Assholes. You. Got it. Yes. Sometimes we so, need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I pre-qualified for 275. So you take your savings and you take a good credit score. You go to a bank or you go to a broker. My, I had an agent. She's my friend. I love her. When you're buying investment, you need people you trust. You don't want an asshole real estate agent where they just care about their fucking commission. Like, no, you're buying this for the entire 30 years or maybe 10 years. My friend was my real estate and she and I would like drive by and say, Gaia, this is not a good house. This is not a good condo. Or this is not, actually I was looking for houses. Um, this is not a good area. So location is one of the most important thing in real estate. You don't want to buy, you know, boondocks and invest. You want to buy somewhere, safety, you know, people look at that. One of the other thing is school district. You want to be close to a good school district if you want to resell your property. I mean, sometimes our community, we have kids, we don't have kids. It doesn't matter, buy in a good community where the school district is good. Also close to a lot of things. So my agent was actually super wonderful. She introduced me to a loan officer, a broker. So broker would get you a pre-qualification letter. You need a pre-qualification letter based on your income, your credit score to apply. You say you like a house, you wanna make an offer that pre-qualification letter, you submit it to the seller and they might accept, they might not. Back in the day, 2008, I have submitted so many offers. It's, it's, sometimes it's hurtful. They don't want your money. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. take it personality, personally, just keep up submitting if you like something. It could be one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever works to an investment. Don't, if you are renting, it's good. I mean, I rented for, I rented before I bought because I couldn't afford it because I was a student, I was struggling. I was international student. I was going through my immigration documentation. And this is in the middle of all that. I bought my first condo in Ventura County, which is Thousand Oaks. It's kind of in boondocks, but, but it's a great area. Uh, it's because I had a job transfer. Sometimes things happen for a good reason. I had a job transfer and I wasn't looking for in this area. 
I was looking in the valley and I was able to actually offer houses here, but over there I bought a condo, two bedroom, one bath. It's my first time buying. In 2013 is what I got. I stayed there for eight years. Was it the most pleasant area? It's safe, nice, but guess what? When I had to sell in 2022, it was a hot, hot piece of property. And yes, we had the housing market going nuts, but even without it, the area is great because the school district is good. Uh, people like families, they wanna live there because safety-wise. Um, so I sold it almost double or double and a half to the price I got because 2022 was a crazy seller's market. So invest, watch the market. But I would say if you are saving, try to buy a piece of investment. You can either live there or you can rent it. I mean, renting is a different, different scenario where like you have to buy the good renter. It's a struggle. But I would recommend you living there. You know, you buy something, you want to live there, enjoy the place. And I sold it. And then I had to buy something for me to live because I wanted to move closer to LA, Viho. For me to live close to West Hollywood is one of the most important things. Thousand Oaks is a little far, but I made a lot of money selling. I had over seven or eight offers. And I took a lower offer to the highest offer because she had good savings. She was real, the, the, my buyer. And I wasn't sure about the other one because I didn't see a lot of down payments. So you had to be smart when you're selling also. Oh, so you're looking at their history too. You get a chance to see how much they have in savings, if they have to borrow money. Oh, okay, I didn't know that it was that thorough. Yes. Wow. So you really take advantage of that seller's market and you get to see. So that's why, yeah, savings is important. Cash is king too. Even on Selling Sunset, they're selling houses at a discount for people who just have straight up cash too, because cash is king in that way. Yes. Um, yeah. I recommend saving somewhere because that person take over someone who has less saving because you it shows steadiness that this person can pass the loan. This person can make the purchase. It's like buying a car, right? If you or someone who has lost credit card with no savings, I'm going to come to you, Charlie, because I know I checked your credit, you have savings. This is a for sure sale for me. Just simple as that. So I sold it to her. I was, maybe I'm, it was 10 grand less of an offer than the higher offer, but I knew this transaction would go well for me. And my agent was like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm not about being greedy. I want to make sure I sell my property. And then I was in a shit show because I was not able to buy something immediately because housing market was crazy back in 2020, 20, no, 2021, 2022, because of the interest rates were low. And I almost gave up because I have all this fuckload of money in my bank in Wells Fargo. <laughs> my heart. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wells Fargo. <laughs> because I couldn't touch it. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to 
buy something. So the last home I came is the one in I have now in LA, San Fernando Valley. I actually took out all the Wells Fargo money, put it for my down payment. I think I put 38% down. I don't even remember a lot. And my loan was less because of my higher down payment. And of course, this seller had so many offers back in, but she liked my high down payment, she, the couple. I, don't, I only know their names because I signed the documents. The couple, because they, it, for them, it shows that I'm ready, I'm steady. My loan will go through. They, they took it like right away. And I got to negotiate 10 grand down. Where I lost the 10 grand, I negotiated 10 grand because they had some little fixing here. So you have to be quick and smart, I think. Um, so I got it and I had to do some repairs, which I still had savings from my sale from my Ventura County condo. So I updated the kitchen because these things people look when you're selling. I didn't know about that when I was selling my house. I didn't know about like having popcorn ceiling is a big deal now. You had to remove the, you know, those popcorn like ceiling on the roofing, having window, double pane, double pane windows. Charlie always make fun of me. I don't have money. I got double pane windows. Because you're such a practical lesbian that's like a fixer-upper and you refurbish it and you sell furniture for more. And I'm more of like the online queer that's like, let's click buttons and make our money this way. But that just goes to show how differently we can view money as long as you're doing what lights you up. It's it's amazing. And, it's and exactly. I really like, are you normalizing that? Yeah, in this case, cash is king. I I lost that 10k but you moved on and trusted yourself and then you basically made back your 10k because you advocated for yourself and were very strategic about the timing of the market and you didn't waste time being like oh is it the perfect time because too many people get caught up and is now the time it's now the time there is never going to be the perfectly right time just start making small moves and finding people on your team who you trust like your your friend who's a real estate agent um, Correct. As well, and normalizing these things for yourself. So. And the and the real estate agent, that whole team is really important. You don't want anyone pushy. You don't mm -hmm. want anyone trying to sell you. My agent was so patient. So was my loan officer. I remember like 12 o'clock at night, we were talking, how much are we going to offer? Because we really need this land, you know, property. So they are there like, some some loan officers they give you a pre-approval but they like don't do it for another month or so and then the interest rates have stopped and you don't qualify for the same thing but my agent kept pushing me Gaia get another pre-qualification because you don't want to go into escrow and realize you don't have the money because the interest rates have changed so really really important in investing properties and also having the good team to support you it's a stressful process like I'm going to tell you, it's really worth than renting. You know, I encourage Charlie, I encourage another friend of ours to get a loan, get a house. I mean, I would encourage our community to invest in this or anyone. Honestly, if you can, try to try to not spend too much on unnecessary things. Do things that are really making you happy. Like I say for my travels, Charlie does the same thing. Um, I don't know, Charlie, that's kind of like glimpse of 
So I came here without anything. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Hey, there we go. I love it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this has been so much, so much juiciness. And I feel like I learned a lot about you. I'm glad that, that you hopped on and talked. So we always laugh and talk shit and we shake our asses and have a good time. And the other day, we're just like talking shit about like the microwave and we're like fucking America, fucking Americans that they want a microwave that talks to them when they really should be debt free and investing that shit in their sleep and like looking into property ownership. There's no right or wrong way to do this, y'all. As you've heard, Guy and I clearly have different values and strategies that we still have building wealth in common, whatever that looks for us, because we're taking care of our future selves. Um, so yeah, thank you, Gaia. How can people find you? Oh my God, this is a very good question. Sorry, just call me. I don't have IG. IG <laughs> I don't have IG because I don't like to show off. I just show off my dog. Actually, my dog passed away, but I do dog sitting. Yeah, Rover. Find guy on Rover. On Rover, I, you can find me. On Facebook, you can find me. <laughs> I would love to advise anyone who wants to invest in real estate or whatever. Yeah. But I don't have IG because Charlie makes, we always, every time people I meet these days, they want IG. Yeah. We want to look at what you're up to and then have an excuse to talk to you. What do you mean? Just text and see how you're doing. What? You where IGs like where people stalk, not talk. Yeah. It's like Facebook. I mean, I think I connected with people through like Facebook is more like I have Facebook because I have people different country or, you know, I want to talk yeah. to them. IG is like more like sh showing like selfies and things like that. I mean, I am not a selfie person that much. <laughs> no, you're not. I travel. I have all these pictures of like all the sceneries. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like reverse I... camera always. Locked reverse camera. <laughs> I tell, I tell Charlie, the only apps I have on my phone is Uber, Lyft, and dating, two dating apps. Amy. They also, like, suck. <laughs> and not Wells Fargo. Dude, Wells Fargo is done. Like, yes. Wells Fargo pissed me off. But Good. I did my transactions. Buy, sell, buy, and pop. <laughs> <laughs> I have now, oh, Charles Schwab is a great traveling card. Mm -hmm. I have that because it doesn't my sister actually Ava got me the connection to that and then I have Bank of America credit card and I still have discover card and I bank separately with Chase and I have a savings account still you know so you keep that to going I mean I'm not trying to be a millionaire my path is to make a living and be happy follow the middle path. Hey, if I become a millionaire, yeah. But I work hard, like Charlie does a lot of work, you know, on investing and things like coaching you guys. I think it's really, really important. We are good with money because if you want to live happy, you need money. Yeah. I'm not, mm -hmm. so that's my sense. I'm so happy Charlie invited me to this because I want to share my knowledge and if you want to find me call me <laughs> you heard it here first 
<laughs> All right. Love you, Gaia. Thank you for joining. Love you. Thank you for inviting me. Bye. Bye. Calling all LA hotties. Are you in LA? Do you want to come to LA? Do you want to come to LA and see me? Meet me in person. Shake your ass in person with me. Meet the fabulous hosts, Brenda and Anna Shayla of Tamarindo Podcast. Well, I'm inviting you to join our Money Chisme, a Money Mindset Workshop and Mixer. That is going to be on Thursday, July 20th at the Pop Hop in Los Angeles. I'm super excited to continue the vibes of perreando in person with each other and also talking about becoming millionaires, working on our money mindsets together and destigmatizing these conversations because if y'all trying to retire early, you're going to need to be millionaires. So what better way to start than shaking your ass with us in person and really doing the healing work that's necessary when it comes to being first gen and building wealth. So Super excited to host this event with the lovely host of Tamarindo Podcast. I can't wait to meet y'all. I'm going to put the link to, to get your tickets. It's donation-based. You can join with as little as a dollar. It's really pay what you can or pay what you want. And I'm super excited to see you show up. So if you have any questions, DM me at Traveler Charlie on Instagram. I'm going to put the link here in the show notes. And see you soon in LA, my loves. Okay, abrazos. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.